Hello and welcome to Makers.dev episode number eleven. Chris, how is it going? It's going all right. I got my uh, I got all my lights on in my office. My fancy lights. We'll I'm just messing with them now, so we'll see how that goes. You look great. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks. You have a new background too. Is that a new background or just a different one? It's a. I'm experimenting with different backgrounds. I <laughs> I got a little self conscious with a uh, having like my bedroom in the background. Uh, I'm thinking about like renting a house or an apartment instead of this airbnb that i'm in just like to have the upgraded background uh for no like uh, lifestyle wise i i don't know that that's a thing that i even want uh it's been kind of fun like being in this airbnb and having default people to be socializing with uh and so <laughs> it feels like it feels like renting a house would be the ultimate gear upgrade of i i really like that aesthetic of the uh, like living room background and that soft bokeh and you got like the plants in the background and you got the, the bookshelf with the little knickknacks and stuff on it that are interesting set pieces. Uh, so it's a, I think that's the background I want. And I was experimenting with different backgrounds that were just a solid color of gray and I think the gray looks cheesy. So uh, this, this is an experiment of a black background to see how this works until I am renting a space as a podcasting studio. Uh, that's that's the explanation with the back, black background. I love yours, the the like subtle painting and or, or I don't even know what that is. The the pattern in the back, uh, you consistently yeah, look really good. That yeah, that's those are fabric. They're audio um, panels basically. Uh, I made those myself actually because the expensive ones are like I mean the real ones are like two hundred bucks each, Ooh. and uh, I made those for like ten bucks each. So amazing, <laughs> and they work they work pretty well. Yeah, so. they look really good. Uh, also, I've been I've been more conscious of the audio quality. I think. My heuristic in making this and making other media so far has been quantity over quality, which I think is the correct position to take. I think if, if I let myself get caught up in this idea of that everything has to be perfect, okay, well, we wouldn't have published a single episode because I'd still be caught up in the very first episode of figuring out like exactly what mic to get and exactly the setup I want and the, the uh, acoustic, <laughs> getting some special acoustic caulk to make sure that uh, th there were no uh, echoes or anything else. So I think now that I have this machine that it's it's working and I'm consistently publishing out content, I'm much more in this mindset of how do I improve that? How Okay, let's let's think a little bit more about audio levels and let's think about the, the echo that I heard in the last episode and let's think about the uh, building into this process a way to be uh, adjusting the gain levels of both clips so that those are equalized. I'm, I'm starting to shift more of my focus from, okay, how do I just make it as easy as possible to turn this out to, okay, now I have this machine and it's pretty easy to turn stuff out. Uh, what are process level improvements that would make a better product? Yeah. So I have a couple of thoughts on that. The first is uh, like a, a tech or a tactical thing, which is the very cheapest way. So I do hear some echo um, from your side mm -hmm. and I hear an echo from most people's rooms. And that's because any bare walls or bare floors just is terrible for audio. Mm. And so the very best way to do, even before you upgrade your microphone, is either get, you can do it with like pillows and blankets, basically anything soft, or you can go on Amazon and look for audio, uh, what's it called? Like audio foam panels. Mm. Um, and they're pretty inexpensive. Uh, like you don't have to get the, the super fancy fabric ones. You can get like just uh, foam ones um, and just put those like everywhere around your room. Mm. And uh, that will help a lot to get rid of the echo. So that's sort of like a tactical thing. Um, the other thing is kind of what I wanted to, one of the things I wanted to talk about, which is this concept of worse is better <laughs> or uh, there, there's a couple ways to put it. But so I got a fancy toy. So this is my new fancy toy, which is a Shure SM7B microphone. Ooh. Um, it is 
the famous microphone that you like may see in a lot of podcasts, yeah. a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got it because I wanted it, right? And uh, on some level, I thought it would improve my audio quality. Um, but there are two major things wrong with it. So I'm, the thing I'm talking on right now is the Audio-Technica 2100 USB, right? And you plug it in and it just works. And this is the sound you're hearing, which I think is pretty good. Um, the Shure SM7B, you need at least two other pieces of equipment. I have four other pieces of equipment <laughs> to run the audio through. And even still, there are two... So, so I have all those things, like all the little knobs to turn and everything. And even still, I have a little bit of a hiss that I can't get rid of, mm. and that's driving me crazy. And the other thing is, when I hooked it up, um, because the audio quality is clearer, like it actually does have better audio, audio quality, but you can hear me, like you can hear every movement of my chair and every rustle of paper. Mm. Whereas this, this Audio Technica, Technica, it has technically worse audio quality, but that sort of mutes out all that annoying background noise. And so it's a very interesting case of where being better is actually worse for the, <laughs> this podcast and maybe even my screencasting. Um, so yeah, I, it's just an interesting anecdote there about upgrading and it not being what you expect it to be. How interesting. The the Sure SM7B, that, I think that's the microphone like on the Joe Rogan podcast and that's the one that I see yep. in uh, like very fancy YouTubers that have a podcast. That's that's the microphone that they're all using. And I think it's, is it like a six or $700 microphone? Uh, it's 400 bucks. Oh, only 400. Okay. That's right. <laughs> That's okay. So yeah, the the amount of gear that you need to support that then of each of the pieces of uh, the the audio interface, I think, is the thing that you need with that microphone. Then and uh, yeah. you need an audio interface. You need and then you need something. So it is a type of microphone that does not take phantom power. What it does is very technical, but you need something to boost the gain. Basically, it's mm -hmm. a really, really, really quiet microphone. And so if you just run it through your audio interface, that'll get you a really bad hiss mm -hmm. because. Um, you have to boost that signal so much. So you run it through a couple of things first to boost the signal. It does seem like worse is better than just getting a microphone in the space that works that is good enough uh, as long as that's not... Okay, so I think I think the framework that I'm putting this in is don't lose sight of your goal of what you're trying to do. The reason that we're doing this podcast is to principally like keep ourselves accountable and be able to have this long-term focus and be able to uh, get another person's perspective on our business decisions that we're thinking about. Audio quality is a tertiary aspect of this process. We could be accomplishing that primary goal by recording a phone call and having just the i don't even know what the, the sampling rate is i think it's something like 16 hertz as a terrible as a phone yeah. call. <laughs> terrible awful uh but you can understand what people are saying um so i think if if i at some point in this process had gotten caught up in uh losing sight of what that primary goal was of you know i'm, I'm trying to push my business forward i'm trying to get perspective on the business business decisions that I'm making. If I didn't have that clearly as the goal, it, I think it would be very easy for me to get caught up in uh, these side tracks of, ooh, but okay, part of this is the audio quality and I need the audio quality to be as best as possible. And so I need to buy an audio studio that can, uh, where there are no rustling papers and uh, there's special acoustic cock just dripping from the walls. <laughs> and I have all these custom built sound buffering blankets and things. Uh, and that's going into an audio interface and a gain booster. And, oh, well, then to do that, I'm, I need to get a special computer. And now the next thing I know, I'm shaving a yak. Uh, as opposed to just, like, getting it done, letting it be uh, good enough. So 
yeah, I feel, I think, I think it's easy for me to get caught up in. There, there was one piece of feedback that I got uh, last week in particular that I think got in my head a little bit of, uh, it was criticizing my audio production quality in not this podcast, but another podcast I was doing. Mm-hmm. And that <laughs> I feel bad about that. Uh, that I, I would like to be making good things. Uh, and I would much rather make things than make perfect things. Uh, I think... It, it was it was a difficult piece of feedback to accept, and uh, I I think I'm following the correct strategy of just making it good enough. Uh, good is better than perfect. Uh, perfect is the enemy of good. I'm I'm glad that I'm pushing things out there even though they're not perfect. Yeah, my guess my guess is uh, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but does that piece of feedback come from someone who like knew what they were talking about in the audio space? Yes, they are a yeah, audio exactly. producer, and so yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's something like I can start to hear it now because I've struggled through it with myself. Someone who does this for a living is going to hear it for sure. But like 99% of your audience, no, like yeah. they don't, they don't know. Like there are audio problems. So like echo is one where it can be kind of a little grating on the ears, even if you don't realize you're hearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like generally, no one knows why or or will care <laughs> if your audio is bad or, or good, you yeah. know? So, yeah. Yeah. And it's the same with software. I can be endlessly tweaking software, and I think we, I think we, have fun in digging into these problems of, you know, making the design perfect and getting those, that perfect uh, style of the rounded corners and the and the shadow and uh, dipping into these things of implementations of WebRTC and getting those perfect fun features. And like you're saying, most people don't care, and so in that. In that context, I think I can justify it more because that's in, in software, that's something that's very fun for me. I really enjoy that. And I, I'm sort of just making it for myself of aesthetically, that's a, a, I want to make things that I love. And my taste is not nearly as refined in video production quality of like audio and canceling out echoes. And in a way, I think that's been a strength of like, I've been able to push forward, not getting caught up in this self-conscious mindset of like, ooh, but, you know, I can tell that the, the camera wasn't perfectly <laughs> focused in that shot or ooh, or the, the <laughs> I sure need that SM7B to capture every subtle vibration of my vocal cords. Uh, I think because I've been a little more naive in my taste in that space, uh, it's it's been much more freeing to be able to work and just put stuff out there and sort of uh, naively <laughs> not caring about the the quality as much of what i'm making uh it's been it's been freeing creatively to to move into that new space yeah um and there's something you've helped me with this too a little actually whether you knew it or not um there was one time i can't remember what it was but there's something about this podcast that was i think maybe my camera wasn't focused or something and i said something to you and you were like hey whatever we'll fix it next time yeah and uh um <laughs> and I was, okay, you know that's that's right we're doing this every week we can fix it next time you yeah. know and uh so yeah i think and the other thing i was going to say um was even when I listen back to our recordings or, or other recordings, you know, if I'm listening for it, like as an, you know, someone who cares about audio, then I can hear it. If I'm just listening for the content, even like I can't hear it, you know, even pros can't hear it. So it's, yeah, don't, don't worry about it. (laughs) It's gravy. It's polish. And it's, it's so much more important to just be pushing stuff out there. Uh, A, a published bad podcast is so much better than a podcast that never existed because you, you got caught up in the uh, quality of trying to make everyone perfect. I'm reminded of in, uh, I keep talking about this class I took. It, it was very impactful for me that Ali Abdal's part-time YouTuber class had this mantra of 
Don't make a perfect first video because your first 50 videos are gonna be terrible. Focus on making a good hundredth video. You want your hundredth video to be as good as possible. And the hardest part of that is making a hundredth video. You need a process to be able to consistently be churning this out and a, a mental state where you're okay pushing out things that aren't perfect. Uh, and I like that. I've, I've been trying to embody that in as many different frames as I can. Uh, this podcast being a great example. I'm, I'm trying to make a very good hundredth podcast of this episode. Um, and so each individual one is part of this much grander thing to, to I'm, I'm focused on the hundredth episode. I'm not focused on this episode being as good as possible. Yeah, that's great. I would love to talk about what you worked on last week. Uh, last week we talked a whole bunch about the WebRTC stuff you were doing and uh, right. this ongoing discussion of the thoughts you've been having about the, the future of async.dev and meeting place and are those two going to merge or what's the, what's the revenue model going to be uh, of those? Have, what, what, what did you what did you work on last week? What what new insights yeah. have you had? So um, I had some conversations, which I can talk about. Um, one thing I'll say first, though, is so this is the first week of 2021, and last week there were, uh, you know, I, I don't want to make this too U.S. centric, but there were you know things that happened in our capital that make the people you know uh, worry or wonder or you know uh, that, that's all I'll say about that. So so some of my week was wrapped up in you know watching the coverage of that, trying to figure out what that means, you know what. It, it messes with your mental state, especially because like, I can't do anything about it. Mm. Like maybe I could write letters or do online activism or something like that, but like, I'm not going to go there, you know, I'm not, you know, so, yeah. um, it kind of messes with your head when there's something happening in the world that is bigger than you are and you can't do anything about it. Um, same. That's so, something I struggle with. I think I'm, I'm not currently tracking this in my mood quality of life tracker, but I, I think if I started tracking did I read the news today or did I listen to the news? <laughs> Those are very consistently days where I'm thrown off of like something terrible has happened that I feel like I need to be keeping up daily with the news. And like, like I can't change anything. And it's, it's, I guess it's sort of interesting to be able to have talking points with people of debating if this thing is good or bad. But if, if that's my goal of trying to figure out, okay, geopolitically, where do I stand and what's my picture of how to govern the best or how to how to take the best spot in the world i think it would be so much more productive for me to study history where these issues are so much clearer of like okay it's been 200 years since this thing happened we figured out what the good and bad things to do were. we figured out right. what the what the good and bad positions were uh so now you can have a much more calm discussion about uh the the strategy behind that and how you can avoid that sort of situation from, from happening again but to get caught up in the in the moment is just oh it, it does not feel healthy i i don't like my brain when it's in this mindset of trying to read the news okay that's all i'll say about that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> sam altman had a quote on twitter today he said uh you don't when you're in the middle of something you don't know whether it's the start of something or the end of something mm. um which is kind of an interesting take on that too. So it's like, yeah, if you look back at history, you can tell what the ramifications were of everything, you know, mm -hmm. but when you're in the middle of it, uh, it's really hard to discern what's actually happening. Yeah. Um, okay. So all that to say that my brain space last week was a little messed up. Yeah. And so I, I didn't do that much. Um, I did more thinking. I did more talking. I did talk to some people. So um, I talked to some customers of Meeting Place, mm -hmm. uh, which is cool. I talked to a couple people who are using async.dev, uh, which is also cool. Um, I don't know that I'm much further on what I want to do on that process. Um, 
I think I definitely want to take meeting place and focus it just on tech groups um, because like those are the group oh, we talked about this last time. Those are the groups I know the best. I know, you know, um, and then I was listening to something by Des Trainer, a talk he gave like five years ago. So it's kind of an old talk, but um, he said, so he compared startups to like a scalpel or a Swiss army knife. Hmm. And then he talked about this idea that all good complex systems came from working simple systems. Hmm. Um, and so that's kind of the argument of niching down. Um, that you, you have to get a working a small working system first so that means either for one customer or like a single feature so the the idea is a scalpel is a thing a single thing right it is used for one thing whereas a swiss army knife kind of does a lot of things not so well right and so you should try to build the scalpel not the swiss army knife at least to start right you can always expand later um so yeah so applying that to meeting place i think that means you know really niche down to tech meetups um and sort of trust that if I solve that problem well, then there will be more to come in the future. Um, so I think that's where I landed on that. I love that analogy of Swiss Army Knife versus Scalpel. I'm reminded also of, there's this graphic that uh, I've seen, I think in two separate microcom talks of, uh, the, the first process is uh, bad and it's the process of, okay, you're, you're trying to build a car. And so you start with like the wheels of the car and then you build the chassis and then you build the thing on top of that and then you add the windows. Uh, that's a bad process because the only point in which you have solved the problem of I'm trying to get to a place faster is at the very end once you've built the car. And in the second graphic, it starts with a skateboard and the skateboard is like, okay, you, we took a board and we put little tiny wheels on it and we've solved the problem, we can now move faster. Uh, and then the next step in that progression is a scooter. And okay, the, the problem with the skateboard was it was less control and it was kind of hard to maneuver. Okay, well, let's solve that problem by putting a handle on it so now we can turn it. And then the next step in that progression is a bicycle because I don't know, maybe the problem was we can't go as fast on a scooter. And then I think <laughs> I think the next step after a bicycle is a is a car. And I don't, I don't know if that, that's kind of a big <laughs> jump, uh, but in, in the graphic, it, it makes sense. Um, yeah, and I've, uh, in, in projects where I try to start with this grand perfect vision of here is the perfect flow of exactly how I want it to work, it's just stuck and I never push it forward. But if I'm focused instead on what's a little bit of this project that I could bite off, what's a single brick that I could stack today that would make this tool a little bit better than it was yesterday, that's where I'm making meaningful progress. Uh, and I have two examples of that. I think the first is in my process of making this video editor uh, that's automatically making and uh, editing clips from, uh, editing the, the two tracks from these and then syndicating those clips out. That is such, I, I for the first time I like journaled out what all of the pieces of this are and what, what my finished version would be and what the, the pieces I need to make the perfect version would be. And it was overwhelming looking at that list of like, oh man, I'm gonna need integrations for Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and I'm gonna need a way to uh, be editing videos on the web in, in like a serverless architecture instead of just on my laptop. And then I pulled back to, okay, well, uh, how could I just make this a little bit better today? Well, I have this problem of, you know, the, the gain levels on the different clips are mismatched sometimes. Uh, okay, well, that's a very tangible problem that I could just rip out and, and bite off. And if I'm focused in, instead on how can I solve this very proximate problem uh, instead of I have this big grand vision for what I want this thing to look like, uh, that's how I push forward. That's... And, and at every stage of that then, okay, after I've solved this little tiny problem that I've bitten off of the gain levels, I can use that immediately. I'm gonna use that for this episode. Our, our gain levels should hopefully be better in this episode. Uh, I'll, I'll be less self-conscious of the, the audio levels. Uh, and I had a second example and I forgot what it was. Uh, it might come back okay. to me later. 
All right. Well, I could give my metaphor then. Uh, actually, in that same talk, Des Trainer used a similar metaphor to your skateboard to car example, which is baking cakes. So, mm -hmm. like, if you are going to bake a wedding cake, a bad way to do it would be to like pick a flavor combination you know nothing about and then build the first layer, the second layer, the third layer, and then deliver the cake, right? Mm -hmm. Because then maybe you find out the bride doesn't like, you know, chocolate carrot cake or whatever. Yeah. Instead, like you can make a cupcake, right? It all it uses all the same parts, but you like you find out if your oven works and you find out if the flavor is good and whatever. Mm -hmm. And so and, and then, you know, you can iterate on cupcakes and then later make the wedding cake, right? Mm -hmm. And so I see what you're doing is making a bunch of little cupcakes and you can try each one separately, you know, and then in the end you put all your cupcakes together and then you have your your final dessert or whatever. Um so yeah, I, I think that's a great way to think about building products. Yeah. If you launch straight into the grand vision, then you're probably gonna flounder. Um so yeah, make make the cupcakes of whatever your big idea is. I like cupcakes. That's that's a more fun analogy than bicycles. That's <laughs> yeah, and that's that's much more. I I, I like that because the cupcake is is very low cost. The oh, tying this to what we were talking about earlier, the the game is like you know you want to make as many cupcakes as possible. You're not trying to make a perfect cake. Start reduce the cost of failure uh, and make the make the game just getting more volume out there uh i remembered my second analogy i was going to draw which was uh in my in doing customer support emails which is a, a thing i'd like to talk about uh or just mention later um i ran into this problem of like feeling anxious at seeing all of the emails all in a list all at once and if there's 50 emails in there I would play this game of like trying to click on the one that I thought was easiest, but then that's not good because then I'm, I'm, I'm just making it harder. Uh, and so right. I thought, okay, the thing that I want is an interface that would let me sort of like a, like a Tinder style interface or like a, like a, like a, I'm trying to think of a better example than Tinder. Uh, something it's only showing me a single thing at once. And then I just hit right. next and, and like deal with that one. And I, I can't see how big the queue is. Uh, I'm just seeing the one email that I'm delivering. And when I had that idea a few months ago, I imagine this perfect infrastructure of, oh, I could start my own uh, yeah. uh, support desk SaaS. And, okay, to do that, I would need to figure out, uh, you know, SMTP things, and I'd need to have my own email server. And, oh, well, then in, the, in that app, I would need to, it would need to be multi-tenant because what if people wanted to uh, bring on extra people? And instead of doing that, I'm so proud of myself, I just made a little Chrome extension that in my current interface for the, the customer support emails that I'm doing, which is on Groove. Uh, I hate Groove. I'm going to replace it eventually. But that didn't happen. What I did instead was just make a little Chrome extension that blurred out any email that wasn't the first child on the list. So the only one I could see was that, that very top one. And it's not perfect, but it solved that problem for me. It wasn't this perfect interface of, uh, you know, with a, a phone app that I could use to also be triaging these or a uh, there's other things in the interface that I like to fix, but for that specific problem, in an hour or two, I was able to prototype and solve that problem. That's that that type of interaction has worked very well, and I think it's the I think it's the consistently the best way to push projects like this forward. Because after doing that, and after testing this little cupcake of does this interface work better? Does it does it solve the problem for me of that I feel anxious looking at the entire list of emails if all the other ones are blurred out? Uh, I can then test that and say, yes, this cupcake is delicious. And, oh, wouldn't it be so tasty with an extra bonus chocolate cupcake of uh, it, it goes to the next email automatically. Or it's tied in with the little basic CRM that I have within my product and I can view customer information, uh, which, you know, that, that piece of it could also be another Chrome extension. Uh, that, that method of building things makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's great insight and something I probably need to get better at for sure. <laughs> <laughs> are there other cupcakes you're thinking about for uh, async remaining place? What's the? I'm I'm curious yeah. if you chewed at all on the WebRTC component of this. What's have you thought about how that's going to get plugged in? Yeah, so I think it doesn't make as much sense for async right away for the reasons we kind of talked about. Um, but it definitely does for meeting place. The problem is it's a little bigger than a cupcake and it, it, so I was thinking about that. One of the cupcake sized ideas for that, that I thought of was, so I registered that audio room dot dev, uh, uh, URL, which I think is great. Uh, I could make, you know, I, I basically could turn that into something where you just click a button get a room and then you can share that URL. Right. Um, and that is kind of the cupcake size version. It doesn't have to integrate with anything else. It doesn't have to do anything else. And you know, even if no one else uses it, what it's what it would have done is getting me production experience with WebRTC. You know, I would have built a little API around the thing that I built already, so it'd be a little more reusable. Like all of these things that are good, I'm going to need to do anyway. But it would get me to an end state rather than thinking like, oh, now I have to build this in a meeting place. I have to integrate it with all like the flow of a, of a meetup group. I have to tell people about it. I have to, you know, field, you know, questions from users and stuff like that. That feels really heavy to me. Um, so actually, even though I was trying to avoid it, maybe the best thing to do in this case is make a mini SAS, which is this, this audio room thing. Um, and I just get it in front of people, you know, free or whatever it like, just see how it works in production and see what all the little gotchas are. Um, so I, I was thinking about that. Yeah. If that feels like a cupcake to make a separate product that's just audio rooms, like, yeah, go for it. Uh, I think that's a distinct advantage that we have is spinning up a new software product like that is a cupcake. That's something that you could do in uh, a couple of hours. Uh, you have the domain name, you know how to publish websites. You, you solve the hard part of this, of uh, the web RTC side. Um, right. And then, yeah, this this could put, that, that gets you the experience of uh, knowing how to run this in production and that, focuses you on uh you know what's the specific problem that people are having that audio rooms in particular solve yeah i like that and then that that can grow organically or merge with other things that you're doing and uh but it, it's a little bite-sized experiment and then i could see I, I don't know if this is a problem that you experience but i frequently get this paralysis when introducing new features to file inbox of getting caught up in my head of like, oh man, but what if this isn't actually the direction that I want to go? This is, right. if I'm introducing features and then change direction to go in, in a place that this feature doesn't make sense, now I'm bloating the software. Now it's, I'm losing the simplicity that everyone loves of it. And so I think the way to solve that is to make a new thing and experiment with that and <laughs> yeah. use that as your test bed. Uh, there, the stakes are so low because this is a thing that didn't exist before. Uh, in the worst case, you just shut it down and who cares? Uh, and I see an avenue of if this is something successful that you see an overlap of, oh my gosh, everyone from this uh, audio room, is it audioroom.dev? Is that right? Yeah, that, that's what I have. There, there's a couple other domain names. If I actually made it into a thing, I yeah. might choose a non.dev domain name. But yeah, that's I like the one I read. And that, that, I like, I think, I think in keeping your .dev domain name trend going, it's, that's helping to focus on who the audience is because right. domain names probably don't matter. It's, it, it matters more, I think, to you than anyone else. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's a problem I've run into before of, I, in the transition from dbnbox.com to file.com. Like, I'm the only one who cared. 
but it, it made the product something that I like more. So in, in you continuing to do these .dev domain names, uh, I see that as clarifying of like who the audience is for. And so, yeah, I like audioroom.dev. That, that's a great domain name. Uh, so if you have this audioroom.dev product and you notice that everyone on that product is asking you for features that are in meeting place or that are in async.dev, okay, well now that becomes the, the new cupcake becomes let's merge these two products and uh, make, I don't know, an audio room.dev integration in async.dev uh, would be the, the next easiest way to solve that. So I'd, I like that. I like the approach of having the cupcake be that it's a, a separate product. Yeah. And it, it's something like I, I almost feel bad suggesting it to myself because uh, it's like I know that I'm I could definitely get distracted doing that. And in the past, I felt like starting a new thing is very distracting. But I think if I frame it like I'm going to do this as fast as possible mm -hmm. to get insight. And, you know, this is not the thing. This is a cupcake I'm building mm -hmm. in order to get insight about building this and running a thing and how I might bring it back into meeting place. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I can I, th I think I can get my head around building it as not a distraction yep. from yeah and then having it as a separate thing that you're it's not a distraction it's it's a way to push the project forward and right. it's pushing it forward in a way that's very low stakes that lets you focus on the cupcake aspect of it you're just doing it quick and dirty it doesn't need to be perfect this is not a reflection of meeting place this is not a reflection of async.dev this is its own thing it's an experiment and it's going to be bad and that's fine it's you're you're testing to see uh to, to get more experience in webrtc and uh be experimenting with the cupcake version of the solution to this problem. Uh, yeah, and that's the, that's the next bite-sized way to go forward. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I think that that might be what I do actually this next week, especially because the, you know, the, the geopolitical stuff we were talking about is not over, I think. And so I know I'm going to get distracted by that this week or next. And so, um, you know, having something that's separate from the main thing. Um, and then the other thing was, a, a paying customer is asking for a couple of API changes, mm. uh, which are good I, things I, that I want to do. So I should probably do those. Um, so I want to do those also. And yeah, I think those are the two things that I really want to try to get done this week. So API changes on async or meeting place. I didn't know you had meeting an API for either. <laughs> I have an API for meeting place. Yeah. So you can like, uh, you can get your, um, events back and, but because it, and so this, this particular group has their own website and so they but they use meeting place for RSVPs. Mm. So they pull the events back to show them on their main page and they want to, so through the API is a public API though. And so like, it's basically just a JSON feed of, of the events mm. that anyone can see. And so if you have like a zoom link, it says shown to members only mm. because you're pulling it from a public thing. And I d did it that way. You know, that was the quick and dirty version basically. And now they're like, you know, for our logged in members, I really want to show them the actual zoom link. Mm can you give me an API key that I could pass in the headers so that I could actually get the actual zoom link? Mm. Yes. That's something I want to do eventually. So, so I'm going to do that. Cool. Uh, and then there is a bug actually, is there other requests? There is a bug in the pagination that I have to fix. So cool. Yep. Makes sense. Neat. I have my own cupcake. I'd like to be pushing right. forward. Uh, let's hear your, let's hear your cupcake. I have been stalled on file inbox, the file inbox serverless transition. I think because I'm, I'm getting two in my head of like, that I want this to be a production thing and that I want people to get on it. Uh, it's also difficult for me. I, I still haven't fully unpacked this, I think, but it's difficult for me to get started on that task. I think just because I've built it up so much in my head. Uh, so th this conversation has been helpful of framing it more as a, as a cupcake. Um, and I have renewed 
inspiration to be working on that from a conversation that I had with a accounting customer last week. Uh, they had sent me an email uh, about some minor thing. It was like a, a bug that I was able to fix right away. I think there was a uh, file stuck in their account or something. And I noticed in the footer of their email, they had a link that said upload files. And I thought, oh, I wonder, I wonder what that is. And it was in the same section of like, here's our phone number and here's our fax number and here's where you upload files. And I clicked on it and it was a page on their website that had this beautiful explanation of why you should not email them files about like the security of it and that files get lost. It, like I, I want to copy and paste exactly what they had there and make a landing page about why an uh, accountant should be using my thing instead of emailing files. And then at the bottom of that page, they had my embedded file inbox link and i just thought oh my gosh this is cool i need to talk to this guy so uh scheduled a call with him and very no-nonsense person it's uh, i liked him uh he i have a i have a field in my calendly link uh asking people uh is a hot dog a sandwich just like to be fun and uh get get their uh, impression of it and most people like you know say like no a hot dog is a, no, it has mustard so it can't possibly be a sandwich because mustard doesn't go on sandwiches uh and some people write like entire essays and i'm like okay this is gonna be a fun phone call <laughs> this right. guy this guy just typed an x and i had another fun question about like what's going on in your life and he typed another x and so i was looking at the event meeting like oh boy this is this is going to be interesting uh, but got him on the phone and it was great. I, th I think he's just like a, a busy business person who doesn't have time for my shenanigans. Like he's, he's working and making a lot of money and uh, doesn't want me to, to get in the way of that. He, he guards his time. So like, yes, I, I like this person. Uh, and his feature ideas for how I could make File Inbox more valuable for uh, that type of person is a SharePoint integration. SharePoint, mm. uh, I, I'm not even sure what that is. I think it incorporates, uh, I, I think it's like an integration with uh, OneDrive in Microsoft. I think it's- some sort Yeah, of it's like that. Microsoft's like, I, I don't know 100% know either, but it's like it's like Microsoft's, if Microsoft did Dropbox on the enterprise level, it's like, it's like a way to share files basically. Cool. Uh, across the enterprise. Yeah, yeah so that sounds valuable. Uh, as far as I know, there's not a way to do this on SharePoint right now. And that would be a great customer base of people who are paying for SharePoint. That sounds like it's very expensive. If I could charge, I don't know, yep. half of what they're charging for this feature, that, that'd be great. Uh, and he also mentioned how important it was to him to be doing virus scanning, that he has this, you know, this is going, these files are flowing into his SharePoint. And if a virus got on that server, that's something that he's very concerned about. And I don't know technically what the attack vector of that is, if, if that's actually something that's important. But that's a feature that I just wasn't thinking about at all of like, oh yeah, I could be virus scanning these files. I'm sure there's a node JavaScript plugin somewhere of just being able to scan a file's bytes for executables or something. That's probably just a standard thing that exists that I could plug into it. Um, and then that got me thinking about, I started talking with him about like, okay, you're, you're, you seem to be concerned about making sure that the files are coming from the people who you think it is and that you don't like making a difficult user experience for your clients of that they have to remember another password. So what if there was like uh, the, the magic email link of they type in their email address and then I can confirm that this file actually did come from someone who had access to this email account. And he was like, oh yeah, that'd be great if you could do like a, a, a two-factor authentication and not have a password. So that's now this nice bundle of feature sets of having a SharePoint integration and having virus scanning and having two-factor authentication that is very, uh, not very divergent, but it's, it's a separate feature set from the features that I have right now that feels like a nice little cupcake of, uh, I have the domain name fileinbox.app uh, that I've been sitting on. That's uh, like, a, I have dreams of making that like the, the separate product. But I think, I think what that's gonna turn into is 
okay, this is a nice little cupcake experiment of enterprise customers for file inbox. Uh, let's, let's try out this feature set. And, and now I sort of have a reason to be making a separate infrastructure of the, the serverless stuff. Uh, I had this vague conception in the back of my head of that this would support much larger files, but it would be so much nicer to just have a subset of features that were more valuable to uh, accountants and things and not have to deal with more uh, the, the beefier infrastructure of sending bigger files. I would so much more prefer just doing a quick virus scan on some PDFs than, right. you know, figure out how to, how to transfer a two terabyte file. That's going to be much harder, uh, technically. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I heard a couple of great things. One is you got this from an actual customer. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. Um, this is kind of like going, like once you start serving one need for a customer, you can solve adjacent problems for them. That's one of my like favorite ways to think about like, if you, this kind of like the scalpel Swiss army idea, like you have a scalpel, it's working. Mm -hmm. And now he's asking you to solve an adjacent problem. And um, that's how complex products are grown well, basically. Um, so I think that's awesome. Um, there are, so we did this at a consulting uh, client. We had virus scan things that were put on there, like a up, file uploaded. So there are APIs that do that. Cool. Um, they are, so we use a very professional, uh, very expensive uh, API to do this. Um, because like it was very important, like virus scanning, there might be an easy way to do simple virus scanning, but um, complex virus scanning, like you need like lists, like, you know, updated lists and everything. Like it's, it's something that's always changing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would look into a, there are, there exist paid APIs to do that. Um, yeah. What else I was going to say? Um, yeah. I, I think that's, that's a great thing to do. Uh, also, the more enterprise you go, the more you can charge basically, which mm -hmm. is super nice. And also, yeah, if you don't have to support giant files, like, um, then that'd be super nice for you too. So yeah, I think it's a win all the way around. Um, I don't know if I've told you this before, but my, my accountant uses something, uh, to do all of this and it is awful. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yep. That's, that's what I hear. So if you, if you can solve, like solve this in a non awful way, I think you have something, <laughs> something. You, yeah. Cool. In, uh, in circling back to a conversation we had a, a month or so ago about trying to focus on like what the type of customer I wanted to support was. And I was looking at sign printers and uh, sort of vaguely thinking about loan officers, but I, I never actually talked to anyone about that. I'm feeling good about financial services people of accountants and that sort of thing. That that seems like a very tractable set of problems. Uh, I love that their files are tiny. Uh, it, it seems like if I just sort of reorient myself into instead of Dropbox and Google Drive, very consumer-focused things, if I'm instead focused on OneDrive and SharePoint and, uh, I don't know, like, uh, oh, what's the what's the huge CRM? Salesforce. Uh, Salesforce. If I could do, like, oh, a Salesforce yeah. integration. Like, okay, a Salesforce integration can't possibly be more complicated than making a native Mac OS app in Cocoa. Uh, like, I could figure that uh, out in a few days. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've done Salesforce integrations. I do? They're terrible. Yeah? So, oh, boy. Okay, well. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 Maybe I should tell you that, but yeah. <laughs> I needed that naivety to, to just go and do it full force yeah, yeah. of like, I can just do it. It's fine. It's fine. Just do it. Oh, it's fine. Okay, good. <laughs> he was just kidding. Uh, the, uh, it, it, it's like the same amount of work, uh, but that that smells right now like the, the highest reward of the place where I can be most effectively spending my energy. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm thinking about it. I feel revitalized uh, working on file inbox after taking this nice creative break of just like divergently working on whatever I want to work on, uh, which, oh my gosh, that was, that was just so fulfilling. And I think I'm, I'm still sort of in that of, uh, I'm still going to be working on this media pipeline. I'm very excited about the, 
pushing clips to social media. That's that's a piece of this pipeline that's not finished yet that I'm very excited about. Uh, if, if I could just do like a one click, you know, I've, I've defined what this clip is uh, and I've transcribed it now, you know, okay, this, this channel goes in the queue of clips that get pushed to the makers.dev Twitter account. So uh, for me to queue this clip up, uh, that it's going to get sent out the next day that there's not currently a clip queued up at whatever, 10 a.m. Uh, it's just a single button. That would just, like, I, I would be this one-man show of media just getting spit out, and I, I could now be <laughs> feeding, like, four different uh, media accounts, and that that sounds very fun. So that's that's a, my, my other main focus right now. Uh, and... I'm thinking this next week is going to be a lot of file inbox. I think it's it's going to be spitting this thing out. Uh, so I'm very excited to update you next week on uh, what I found about the virus scanning and SharePoint integration. I love the API for virus scanning. That's that's not something I'd consider that. Yeah, you you would need that because the game of viruses is like to slip past whatever the static protection is. I was thinking that you could just like grep the binary bytes of a PDF file and yeah. <laughs> is, is there a I mean, virus in here? If if your if your use case is that narrow, like things are going to be you know PDFs or documents, and you don't want to let it through if it has an exe in it, yeah. Um, like maybe, um, but yeah, our, the, the use case that we used it for was basically we could accept any file, mm. and we had to make sure that it wasn't basically on a bad list. So, okay, okay. Um, yeah. I also love so. Well, I have a question, and so, so one thing I like is this solves like basically all accountants they know that they or all financial service people, like they know they need secure file uploads. That's yeah. just something they need um, to be like a serious accountant, right? And so like the need is is clearly there. Um, everyone uses something. Um, and so all you have to do is convince them that yours is, you know, faster or cheaper or better yeah. or whatever. So that's awesome. Um, I was going to ask, how do you feel about moving from sort of the wild west of doing whatever you want on media production to like integrating with enterprise, you know, level software and stuff? Is that something you're excited about? Is that something that scares you in, how do you feel about that in this moment i feel excited about it because it's this fun new problem of oh i get to tackle how virus scanning works that's a thing i've been curious about and i get to figure that out uh the prospect of making more money is exciting uh mm -hmm. there are things i'd like to be doing with more money and that feels like a bad motivation because that that as a motivation i've noticed evaporates for me very quickly because when i hit a wall of like Oh, this is hard. <laughs> making a making a Salesforce integration sucks. <laughs> uh, Chris lied to me. He said this would be fun. Uh, <laughs> I find myself digging for okay. Well, why am I doing this? And if that why am I doing this motivation is well to make more money, that evaporates very quickly because I think okay. Well, do I need more money? Well, I don't need more money. What would I be doing with more money? Getting double guac at Chipotle when I eat out? Uh, okay, I, I don't. I don't think I need that. Uh, I think it would be different, like if I had a family. That's a, a thing that I've been focused on. That's that's the longest term goal I've ever had. Uh, and so I think with the motivation of like, there is this tiny human that's running around, and they're going to need to go to college one day, and college is expensive, yeah. and <laughs> I just want to give them every advantage I possibly can. Uh, I think that would be a much stronger motivation to to push through that sort of moment. Um, so I don't know. I it, I I don't know what's going to happen. Um, in the past, what's happened is like when the, when things like that stop being fun, if I don't have a deeper motivation of this is the reason why I'm doing it, and that motivation is something different than, and I'm trying to make as much money as possible. Uh, well, what am I trying to say? 
I, I, I think what I'm digging for is like, why am I doing this? Why uh, I, I enjoy helping people. Uh, and this is a type of person I could be helping that would be thankful in a financial way for the benefit I'm providing them. But I can make other things that other people are thankful for in other ways. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Right now, it's a thing I'm excited about working on. And I'm suspicious of myself of continuing that, uh, that motivation. Okay. <laughs> just, just something to think about as, yeah, as you, um, as you go forward with it. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, if my only, you know, reason for doing software was making more money, then, um, well, first of all, getting a job is probably much easier. Oh than, my gosh. <laughs> that would be so um, much easier. And some jobs are awful, right? But you can find a good one. Yeah. So if you find, if you find a good one, then that's easier. Yes. Um, you know, or there's, you know, higher paying fields, you know, I could like financial, like, you know, I could go be a quant or something on, in, on wall street. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't want to. Right. So yeah, I know exactly what you're feeling. We would not need a podcast to try to figure out the direction to be working in for our jobs. <laughs> that's, that's a very right. straightforward, like <laughs> you work for this many hours. Uh, get this much money yeah oh it reminds me of a, a tweet that i saw this last week uh the, <laughs> the the top of it was something like here's the this life hack of how to, how you can become a millionaire as a developer in only you know in less than a decade and it, geared towards like you think it's going to be okay here's all these business tips of you know get investors and here's how you get a market and <laughs> and then it had like the arrow pointing down and it was like just follow these simple steps and you can get the success and it was a single step that said get a job with a big tech company <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yes that would be so much more straightforward uh yeah. and less fun that's maybe that's maybe that's the the game i need to be playing with myself of like I would like in the long term to be solving these problems that are financially beneficial to people. Uh, I think that is a way to sort of keep score of, are you solving useful problems in the world? Uh, and how great is money? You can do lots of fun things with money. Uh, and that would enable a lot of things I'd like to do uh, in raising a family. Um, and the game is like, how can I continue to make that fun and not soul crushing for myself? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to, to be clear, I think like getting money is a totally fine goal, right? Um, it, if you, you know, if you do it in an ethical way, I think, I think that, that can be your goal and that's mm -hmm. totally fine. Um, especially because yeah, money enables lots of things. And so I wouldn't be too hard on yourself for wanting some money, right? Otherwise we'd go live in the woods or something, yes. but, um, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, there, there's another that your anecdote reminded me of. Uh, there's a, I think it's David Mitchell. Uh, he's a comedian, uh, and there's a YouTube video of him, and he's like, uh, "See this money? See where I got this? Come here. I planted corn. It grows in the ground." <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he does like a, "See that? That's a cow. You squeeze it, and milk comes out." <laughs> it's, it's like the same thing, right? It's like, yeah, there's, there's money. You got to work for it, maybe, but there's money too. Yeah. What a life hack. Just plant corn that grows for free. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a, I think there's a pinky in the brain episode about this of like, that they're going to, the, their new get rich quick scheme is that they're going to like work at a job every day and uh, that's how they're going to make money. Uh, I'll try to link that in the show notes if I, if I can find it. Um, there's a, one more point that I'd like to bring up that has been something I've been struggling with for the better part of the last month uh, along the lines of this optimizing for not being soul crushing work of uh, I have 
gone through periods of struggling off and on with doing customer support emails. And I, it's so hard to, to get started. And then once I get started, it's super easy. And I had this great habit going for months of, uh, okay, here's my morning routine. I go for a walk and then I uh, journal and then I eat breakfast and then I come back and I meditate. And then as soon as I'm done meditating, I hit a button and I'm, I'm in customer support emails. And for several reasons, I think I fell off the horse with that. And uh, part of that, I think, was trying to optimize for like this more creative work and enjoying what that was like uh, and found just like, oh, my gosh, what? I, I had so much more psychic energy on days when I wasn't doing customer support emails. Um, and so I think I've, I've gotten back on the horse with that, but I'd like to be thinking about ways that I could make that not happen again. And I think I think the next step I'd like to try is a renegotiation with myself of like instead of doing this every day. Maybe I only do it Monday and Friday uh, and just set up communication expectations with my customers of, you know, you will get a response within two days, uh, two, two business days because it's not the weekend. Right. Uh, and just update that in, in my uh, email autoresponder. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I'm disappointed and sort of, I'm disappointed in myself and, and feel sort of shameful that this isn't, it feels like such a simple problem that I've, I've continuously been struggling with, uh, and in doing psychoanalysis of myself, like, why do I feel this way? I, I feel like I've gotten to interesting places of, oh, you know, because every email is sort of this, uh, negative Skinner's box of, uh, it could randomly be very bad or it could be pointing to like, oh, you're, you know, your server is down and has been down for the last two days. And that's now a, a fire you need to put out. Um, I just wanted to bring that up as like, it's a thing I'm still struggling with uh, that I wish was not a problem in my life that I'm still trying to figure out what a, a healthy system is to get it done consistently. Yeah. This is something, so you asked about VAs a while ago, like for doing video production, but this is something, I mean, this is the way that people solve for that, right? They hire a support person, but it's also something I think maybe a VA could handle. Have you ever looked into... You know, outsource, like have a VA check your email every morning, basically, and triage, you know, customer support requests for you. I have. And here's how that goes for me. All right. I hire the VA and I say, here's the emails and here's what you do for each email. And then they say, great. And then they get to an email that they're like, hey, I don't know what to do with this. And I say, I don't want to deal with that right now. Uh, just like market that it's for me. And then they say, great. And then they go to the next one and it's another one for me. And they're like, I don't know what to do with this. And then I just feel anxious all over again with this extra layer of now this person thinks I'm a piece of shit because I'm not <laughs> helping them to do the job that I've just hired them to do. Uh, yeah. And then they get frustrated with that job and uh, it, it sort of trails off. Uh, and so for that reason, it feels like it feels like this is an emotional problem, that this is a thing that like I just need to solve for myself first before I can bring someone else into it. Um, the, the the problem in my life right now that feels the most salient for a, a virtual assistant to be helping with is transcribing. And that to me feels so straightforward of like, okay, I'm going to be yeah. generating these clips for you. The clips are going to go into a queue. Your job is to uh, listen to the clips with the auto transcript on the side. And if there's a word wrong, you retype the clip, you retype the word and, and go to the next one. Uh, that's something that I still need human intelligence for. Uh, that like I have no emotional ties with that is just super simple, like input and output. This, this is the cue and you, you just keep going to the next one. It's harder for me with customer support emails because the, 
problems that you run into in customer support emails are, I, I feel like I want to attack those from this higher complexity level of like, if I can break something down into, it's this very clear next step. If someone's asking for a refund, uh, go to this webpage and, and hit the refund button. I would much rather solve that with a system level improvement of like, uh, what if there was just a refund button on everyone's account and they could refund themselves? That that would solve this problem. Um, or, you know, for this person who's emailing me about uh, the, 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 for the accountant who, I can't remember the initial question he had uh, that led to that insight about the SharePoint and um, fire scanning. But how valuable was that that I was able to have that conversation? And I, I, I want to be in the space of customer support emails. And like, it doesn't take that much time. It's, but it, it still feels like this very difficult emotional hurdle to get over that I, I haven't quite dug to the bottom of because this, this problem seems to be recurring. Um, I agree with you that it would be great if I could get this problem to a point where it was as straightforward as here's the clip with the transcription, uh, edit it so that it's correct and then go to the next one. But it, it feels like the problem is still too nebulous to be able to break it down that deeply. Um, yeah. That, yeah, that's that what makes I'm sense. With. Yeah, I have sort of a similar thing, which is every time I go to record a new screencast, it takes me ages just to start mm. it's like once i once i get started i'm fine i just record it but it's like and i've heard other people say this too about content creation it's like you enjoy it while it's happening and you enjoy the output but just getting started is so hard and i wonder if it's the same you know mechanism so if you ever figure out if you ever solve that let me know because i would like to know how, <laughs> how to do that i've solved that with screencasts i can churn screencasts out like nothing now uh and i think that solution for me has looked like polish the system so slick that it's just effortless to start. So on my laptop right now, if I wanted to start a screencast, I open up Camhead, which is like one, two, three, four, five keystrokes. And then I have to show my doc, uh, which is like, I have to, and I'd, I'd like for that to be automated. Uh, oh, I might do that today actually, uh, which is like, I go down and I double right click on the, on the thing and say, show doc. Uh, and then I, change my screen resolution on my laptop to be bigger. And that's a shortcut, that's two keystrokes. And then I start recording, which in terminal is, I, I open up terminal, which is like two keystrokes. And then I type SR enter, and then it starts recording. And then after that's done, I run that through a process and that could happen automatically. So there's, there's like two system level improvements I could, I could make better on this. Uh, and then that video is finished. And then I upload that to YouTube, which is also a, a command line uh, shortcut to be able to upload it. And that separate one could be integrated in the first one. So I wouldn't even have to do that. Uh, so I, I don't know, I think we're at like a dozen keystrokes and like two mouse movements to, to be able to right. record a screencast. Uh, I think that's the thing for me that helped of just like making it as easy as possible. Um, and I don't know how to, <laughs> like, I'm not sure what that would look like with uh, customer support emails. Like the, the process yeah. of getting into it feels easy. Uh, well, you started that already with your groovy, uh, you know, Chrome thing, right? Right, right, right. So that's kind of the start of that. Um, yeah, I wonder if you could, I sort of jokingly said before, like if your computer ever detects you going to YouTube or something, it pops up something saying, uh, hey, don't you want to answer this customer support thing instead? <laughs> um, you could have something like that, right? Two oh. keystrokes to get to the next uh, customer support thing. Oh, that's then... an interesting idea. What if my new tab page had like the newest just Customer just the latest customer email on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just anytime I'm... Oh, Chris, that's a very interesting idea. 
and then I'm just work. I'm just spreading right. out the the bad feelings. <laughs> yeah, it may also just make you more depressed like overall. So <laughs> Chris, I stopped googling anything because I can't open a I new know. tab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, something like that. If if you think it makes it like making things easier is the way that you get things done, then make it just as easy as possible. Yeah, um, yeah, the yeah. other thing I thought of was, which you may already have some of this, but like for, you know, you can build internal tools for actions that are super fast, right? Mm. So like if your actions are give this person a refund, send them this knowledge base article, mm. you know, like whatever those are, make those like two clicks, mm. right? In your thing um, and have it pop up like right next to the thing. So you get the customer support thing and then right next to it are the actions like refund this person and send a sorry thing yeah. or, you know, whatever, like whatever the top five actions are um so that most of your interactions are this thing pops up you click a button you maybe type two sentences and then it's done i like that i like that a lot and i think there's a lot of system level improvements like that that i could be making if i had more control of the platform man maybe i do just make my own customer support <laughs> interface because i think i could do it just by like i wouldn't have to build any of the backend stuff of the email because Groove has a great API where I can like fetch the emails and uh, and post actions to take on them. So that the only thing I'd have to make is the front end. Hmm. And then I could just make that the new tab page or something like that. And then for every action that I took of like, okay, I need to issue this person a refund. Yeah, that could just become a, a button on the dashboard. That's a very interesting idea. And then I could be doing my integrations that I want to do of pulling in the basic CRM stuff I have from file inbox. Cause then I could just be pulling in information from those two APIs. And then I could be doing my thing of just showing a single email at a time. So it's like this Tinder style interface and I could hide. I don't know why, but I need the number hidden of the number of yeah. emails that there are. Uh, Cause that, that number is just saying to me like, Hey, you're a failure. You, yeah. you, you, and you're this much of a failure. You, you haven't answered this many emails. Um, okay. That would be a fun project. Interesting. Thank you for the idea. I think that might be a thing I built this week also. Cool. Cool. That's all I got. All right. Yeah, that's all I got too. Then I think we're done. Chris, uh, goodbye, and I'll see you next week. All right.